Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is a returning guest, Dr. Mark Halpern, and we will be continuing our conversation on Coherence Revolution. Um, his book is Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment. Uh, we're going to discuss today practical methods and techniques to reduce stress, to regain control of your emotional state, and implement daily habits to ensure you live your best life. Dr. Mark Halpern shares his compelling journey of learning to thrive and create a meaningful, grounded, and abundant life after suffering from stress and anxiety for more than 30 years. In his highly practical, relevant book, that is particularly valuable during unpredictable, chaotic times, you will begin to explore the concept of coherence and how to create it and build it within yourself. For more information, you can visit Mark's website, which is www.coherencerevolution.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Mark back to the show. Good day, Mark. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, and, and I went back and checked, and it was literally nine months to the day <laughs> that we last spoke. Wow. We spoke on, yes, uh, on January 11th. Yeah, so I thought, boy, that's a perfect gestation period for, for you know, kind of keeping touch again, and I'm glad it's changed. So um, let's go. I think what we will do today is we're going to go ahead, and, and during the first part of the show, We'll kind of um, do um, like a review of, of the things that, um, that we talked about in the first show, but also, you know, if you have any additional um, comments, you know, with kind of what, how things have transpired around us over the last nine months, you know, feel free to pop that in. Um, so let's first talk about anxiety. As I mentioned in the introduction, it's something that you had dealt with for many years. Um, so tell us, tell us how it has impacted your life. Well, I, I've uh, dealt with anxiety since I was a teenager, and it was at first I really didn't know what it was, and then you know as I became uh, later in my teens and my early twenties, you know I went to every doctor you can imagine, and it was always diagnosed as some form of anxiety, um, and so I started to delve into literally. Uh, every type of therapy I could find, I was eager to get better. And so I tried Eastern-based approaches and Western-based approaches. And, you know, it's a frustrating thing because anxiety is there to protect us. I mean, it's our danger warning system. And from an evolutionary standpoint, anxiety is there, you know, um, if we were being chased by a bear or something dangerous that was going to kill us or hunt us. Uh, but now it's evolved so that in our day-to-day, it's now caused by our fear of failure, our fear of work, our fear of, you know, what's happening in our social relationships. And, and so all of a sudden, anxiety gets triggered. And with me, that was really the case. I just developed, developed a, a lot of 
patterns in my life that just kept triggering themselves. And because anxiety comes from this primitive brain, it's actually even quicker than your thoughts. It really triggers memories and triggers uh, patterns that have happened. And most of us really just live our lives through these patterns. 95% of our day is really a repeat of what we did uh, yesterday and our thinking patterns from yesterday. And so this really challenged me throughout my entire life until I was maybe in my 30s and I started to, uh, you know, I was already a chiropractor and starting to delve more into how we can deal with stress and taking some of the things that didn't work and things that did work and eliminating the things that didn't work and started to build sort of my, I'm going to call it my toolbox of, of things to help me deal with anxiety. But it really wasn't until maybe my 40s, um, I'm, I'm now turning 51, where it really settled in where I, I could, my toolbox was um, practical and I could now use a lot of it. Not that therapy didn't work and medications had their place here and there, but I think most people need a toolbox of things to help them. And for me, uh, the first thing that really resonated and, and helped me was a technique called heart math, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure, uh, today. But heart math is a technique of using your breath and visualization and uh, emotion to literally change your physiological state in the moment, just with your breathing pattern and, and the way you use your emotional state. And so that really started to empower me, and I, I began, began to get a hold of anxiety. And once I started, started to um, – I stopped trying to eliminate anxiety because anxiety is never going to be gone. It's about being able to adapt to it, being able to change it in the moment, being able to uh, minimize it, and being able to get on with your life and do other things so that the anxiety doesn't take over. And then that really started to empower me, and, and my life started to change. Uh, so much so that that's when, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit a couple of years ago, uh, I wrote the book Coherence Revolution, and I recorded, uh, I did a live course and then recorded the Coherence Revolution uh, course uh, to help people not only uh, learn heart math, but be able to use the world around them, use their own breath, use their senses, uh, use other people, use nature to help them get into what I call this coherent state which is really just your true self where you feel like you, mm -hmm. you feel alive. And that's, and that's really what, what this is all about and why I'm here today is, is to tell people that you can, you can change your physiological state in the moment if you're aware of how to do it. Yeah. Um, so now when it comes to the experience of anxiety, it seems to me that it would be a very um, personal and, and unique kind of um, response, you know, for each individual, you know, so like what would make yes. one person anxious may not make another person anxious. So, well, that's right. um, what, what, um, why is there that difference? What, what is, what is, what contributes to the different type of um, responses? Well, you know, many, many doctors would, would tell you that it, everything that happens in the first five to ten years of your life really sets the basis for what um, inspires you, what, uh, what fears you have, what, what triggers you into a stressful state. You know, if you grow up watching your parents struggle with money, you generally will have triggers around money. If you have um, abandonment issues or love issues or relationship issues in, the, in your early life, that will uh, change how you do it later in life. And so... All of these patterns have developed literally by the time you go through puberty. And so now you're starting to respond to things and you can't figure out why because you're like, well, why did that make me so nervous? Or why did I just feel so anxious that my heart was beating or I got angry or I felt like I had to escape? 
And meanwhile, these patterns uh, developed when you were just a child and you really didn't know any better or you didn't have conscious uh, control of it. And that's the difficult thing about anxiety. We want to blame ourselves or we want to, you know, read a book, go to a therapist, get it out and, and change everything. When some of these patterns may have started far before you even realized it, uh, and I know with me that was de- definitely the case. You know, whether it was stuff with parents or friends mm-hmm. or family, all, all of the different situations I, I got involved in uh, shaped who I am. And so now the way you uh, view, view the world, it, it really um, has already been programmed. I remember uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer had a, a famous quote where he said, you know, whether you see the world as working for you or against you, I'm paraphrasing, but whether you, mm-hmm. you see the world working for you or against you, you know, you're right. Simply because if you see the world as against you, it is, and if you see the world as for you, it is, it depends. It's not really a conscious thing. It's something that you've developed um, in your subconscious um, when you're probably too young to even, even um, make that choice. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I just find it, um, you know, just fascinating, you know, the fact that, you know, the source of the seed for so many of our um, anxious moments, you know, really can be traced back to that earlier period. And um, and it's, I think, for parents who are listening, I think it's you know, important for them to keep in mind, you know, to, to recognize the influence that their behaviors have on the formation of their child's future um, emotional health, really. Well, you know, there, there was a technique, I remember when my kids were born, there was a technique called ferberizing your baby. And what ferberizing essentially was, was letting your kid cry it out. They would cry and cry and cry. You're not supposed to go get them. You're just supposed to let them cry it out. And it does work. It's, it, your child eventually stops crying. But what I was never good with is, what are you teaching the child subconsciously in that, in that moment? They're going to stop crying, but now they've got the sense of abandonment. Um, is that connected to when they're now in their teens and they feel abandoned by their friends or family or, or loved ones? You know, and so I always was very careful of, you know, maybe the end goal might be achieved, but what, what, at what cost? And so I think mm-hmm. parents do have to be aware of the type of patterns that they establish with their children and, and what is the reasoning behind it and is what they're doing more for them or for the child? I always thought, you know, getting the child fertilized was more for the parent. Um, because, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't do that with our kids, and they grew up very healthy and, and emotionally uh, strong. Um, and I know parents who did do that with their kids, and, um, you know, they did get them to stop crying, but I would argue that they may have had uh, problems later. So, uh, yes, I mean, so it's good to be aware of these things as a parent. You're not going to be perfect, but um, everything yeah. has a, uh, a reaction. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and with, you know, that particular example, you know, um, Letting the baby cry it out, you know, if the baby is like truly in need in the sense of being hungry or, or wet, you know, I mean, for, for one of those like safety types of reasons, I mean, you know, not literally, but you know, just one of those, um, there's a really need for me to be crying kind of thing, you know, and then the parent doesn't respond, um, versus the, um, the child just, you know, crying out for the sake of wanting attention. You know, so, I mean, I think that's where it would, you know, uh, I would think that balance, you know, would, would kind of come into play, is, is, you know, for the 
the health, for the emotional health of the child, recognizing that they truly have a need that their parent will be there. But, but it's a kind of manipulate the parent even for affection. Then. You know, I mean, uh, granted, uh, this uh, is a child, but I'm, I'm saying future in life. Yeah, well, absolutely. What we would do is, you know, um, we would go, and uh, if it wasn't a dangerous situation, they didn't need to be changed, fed, any of that, uh, we'd let them, you know, cry and get used to it, and then we'd go mm. in the room, and we'd give them some love, and then we'd leave again. And over time, we could go longer and longer. But uh, I would not leave the child shrieking uh, for yeah. endless time. Uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that they knew that we were going to be there for them no matter what. But um, just an example of the type of thing that for some parents it might work, for some parents it might not. But these are the kind of subconscious beliefs that we want to make sure that the child is brought up uh, in a healthy way. And, uh, you know, obviously even when they're older, uh, the way we parent uh, is going to have a massive influence on them, the conversations we have with them or in front of them that we may not even be aware we're having because uh, they're always listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's for sure. And, and you know, and not only listening but looking at other people's responses, you know, their, uh, other parents' responses and, and just kind of getting a, a lowdown of <laughs> the situation that, and, and then probably it for themselves. Yeah, I describe in my book, even as we get older, I mean, these, these kind of habits and patterns form as we get older. Um, you know, we look, just an example, we look at our phones, and we sort of train ourselves into sometimes a stressful pattern. Um, let's say you're, you, you're looking at your email and you're going through a stressful event. Uh, I know when I was going through my divorce over a decade ago, I would get emails from lawyers and uh, after a while, I didn't even need to read the email anymore. All I would have, uh, I would have to see the name that came through, and even before I would read the content of the email, I would set off a stress mm-hmm. response um, because I was conditioned just from the, eventually just from the bing of getting an email, I would be nervous about what the email was going to be. And it's like with this social conditioning that we're doing to ourselves. And so it's very uh, important, again, to be aware of these patterns that you're creating because they become hardwired and then you just repeat them daily, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it is important. Um, so now, um, I just I mentioned process, and, and when we spoke last time, we talked about um, a difference between something called a process mindset versus a destination mindset. And, and I remember at the time, it was like, hmm, you know, that is kind of a percept, uh, perception shifter <laughs> right there. So yes. when I'm hearing uh, the listeners, you know, the difference between the two and, and how we can employ them effectively. Well, I think when you get involved in the process of your day, when you create a process that works for you, that you love, that you wake up in the morning, you have what you do in the morning, you have what you do at lunch, you have what you do in the afternoon, there's work, there's play, there's social, there's, you get involved in your life and you create a process of your day that you're enjoying your day. As opposed to this, this destination mindset, which is, uh, some people might have heard the I'll be happy when story. You know, I'll be happy when I, you know, I'm old enough to walk. I'll be happy old enough when I go to school, when I get my first friend, when I can ride a bike. Then it's when I can drive a car, when I graduate from high school, when I uh, get into university, when I get married, when I have kids, when I have enough money. And it's always I'll be happy when. And it's this destination mm-hmm. mindset. And what you, what you constantly realize is, you're never there because when you get there, there's always another goal to get there, and you're always delaying this happiness. So what I've discussed, especially in the Coherence Revolution in the book and in the course, 
is creating a daily process that you live by, that you get up and you're excited to live your day and you, you've got things in every day that you uh, inspire you, that uh, keep you uplifted, that keep you feeling uh, more like yourself, uh, that is good for your health, that's good for the community, and, you know, building a sense of self, building a sense of community on a daily basis. And so uh, that's part of what we do in the course. By the end of it, I give um, this exercise, it's called a daily time schedule, that you not only fill in what you want to do, but the emotions that you want to feel. And then we discuss how do you achieve those emotions because in the morning, the emotions you feel might be different than at lunch, than in the afternoon, than at night. You know, there's lower energy emotions like peace and tranquility and, you know, contentment. And then there's other times that it's excitement and exuberance and passion and inspiration. Well, those are very different types of emotions. And so if, if you want to be feeling diff- these different emotions, we have you identify them. And then we have you identify ways that you can achieve that using your senses, your sight, sounds, uh, smells, food, the people that you speak to, the environments that you spend time in, the way you breathe. And so now you develop this daily process that then, once you've got this, literally a document, you, you try to follow it the best you can. You try to live the life that you've created, almost like an architectural plan of a, of a building. You're creating an ar- architectural plan for your life that involves the way you want to feel, the things you want to do, the, the things you want to engage in on a daily basis. And when, when you start having that process mindset, now you're looking forward to tomorrow. You're not necessarily looking forward mm-hmm. to months and months from now. You're getting up and you're enjoying your day and you're in the process of your life. And when you're in the process of things, when you, when you involve yourself in things, you're not in your head as much. You're not thinking and, and worrying and, and, and um, involved in the stress as much as you were before. Yeah, I, I love the aspect of the attention to the emotions and what one wants to feel, you know, because I think that um, when it comes to um, playing out or, or trying to work toward um, some kind of better behavior, you know, or more constructive behavior, a lot of times we just focus on the task rather than the emotion of it, and I think that adds in additional depth and commitment, really, I think, to um, continuing with the process. Well, I think without realizing it, we are literally practicing the, um, we're practicing stress on a daily basis because the more you think a thought, the more you create these uh, negative chemicals, the, the, the stress hormones in your body. And the more your body creates these stress hormones, the, the more it gets used to creating those stress hormones. And then it literally becomes almost like an addiction where your body starts to crave the hormones of stress, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, and then your body becomes very proficient at creating those chemicals over and over and over again. And so in my book and in my course, what we talk about is consciously creating the chemicals of joy, oxytocin and endorphins and dopamine, uh, serotonin, and doing things that create those chemicals so that your body gets used to creating those chemicals and you start to practice creating those so that your body becomes more familiar with creating the hormones and the, and the chemicals of happiness. And so as your body gets used to creating those, every time you create those chemicals, you counteract the, the hormones of stress. And so you get more and more used to it. And before you know it, now it's much easier to create happiness in your life. You get more familiar with it. You get more familiar with the emotions of the future, of the emotions that you want to live in your future. 
and now your future becomes more possible. You start seeing hope, you start feeling uh, inspiration, and now you're living the life you want to live. So it really takes a conscious effort to get the ball rolling the other way. And the first step is catching yourself that you have to stop practicing yeah. the emotions of stress. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's the key. That's kind of where it starts is, is recognizing and, and catching it in the moment, you know, and, and then, and creating the, uh, the new behaviors. And, um, and it's funny, you know, since our conversation nine months ago, I mean, it was, you know, I find myself every now and then coming back to our, our conversation and, and it's when, um, Sometimes it just seems like I, I'll, I'll catch it. You know, it's like, okay, great, I got this one. But then I'm thinking, I'll think back, you know, over the last previous days of the many times where I didn't catch it, you know, and, and that, you know, there were really great opportunities to kind of, you know, make that change. But, but I think when that happens to me, it just, um, strengthens, um, my knowledge and the fact that it's, uh, really ingrown, you know, a, a deep kind of um, triggering, a deep kind of um, pattern that um, that I still haven't gotten to the point that, you know, where where awareness kicks in more often than not. I haven't gotten to that point yet. But but I think that it helps just being able to recognize not only when it happens, but also even, you know, maybe previous times or, you know, recent times um, where it uh, maybe didn't happen, you know, and, you know, and I think that that can prepare someone for, so when, whenever there's a similar, like, for example, that email, so whenever that happens, you know, then it's like, oh, okay, I, I remember how I reacted last time, how I didn't get it one time, let me go ahead and do it, you know, react differently now. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a daily practice of, you know, no one's perfect, but the idea is that you don't want to just practice stress relief techniques and, and design your life uh, to counteract stress only when you're in stressful times because that's the hardest time to catch yourself. That's the hardest time to make the change. The idea is to get more and more familiar with it when you're not as stressed so that when those stressful moments come, A, you can give, your permission to feel, give yourself permission to feel whatever it is you need to feel, but then in that moment, you know, uh, whether it's your subconscious or that voice inside your head that we all have that says, hey, this is the time right now. Go do some of that stuff that you've been practicing because this is a stressful moment. And you can either go down the rabbit hole of the stress, let yourself go through the entire fight or flight response, let the stress make you sweat and palpitate and get really anxious and angry and all that. Or you say, uh-oh, I just felt this trigger. I now have a toolbox of things that I know I can do, and it's going to help me uh, shorten this, this episode, or it's going to be able to get, uh, allow me to get on with my day, or go give that talk, or get in the meeting that I need to get in, uh, get into, and then you get back to your day. And that's what happens with me all the time. I, I'm not rid of anxiety. I still get anxiety often. But now I, I have the confidence that if I needed to get rid of it within two to three minutes, I could change my physiological state. I can go to the meeting, go to work, go with my family, whatever needed to happen. But it doesn't mean that I still don't have some of these triggers. Uh, it's really hard to get rid of all, all of your triggers. But it's really more yeah. about having <laughs> tools to, to manage them and to make yeah. sure that you're conscious of it. Yeah, excuse me very much. And so um, we have gone this far without talking about coherence, um, you know, and you have started the coherence revolution. 
So would you mind sharing with the listeners who aren't familiar what the term means, what, what coherence is? Well, coherence is really, um, you know, most people would, if an athlete says they were in the zone, you know, everything was just purring along the way they felt, they were inspired, everything was working well. Uh, you know, most people would call it their true self, where they're just feeling more like themselves, inspired and uplifted and in a good mood or uh, at least um, feeling empowered about life. And coherence, really, the term has been, um, I guess, popularized by uh, a couple of sources. One, uh, a company called HeartMath, and also uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who uh, teaches a type of meditation and breathwork. And they really popularized this term because they did research on the heart and when you get the heart into a, a very good rhythm, uh, a good heart rate variability where it's in a, almost like a sine wave, when you breathe in, it kind of is going up and breathing out, it's going down, it looks like a nice sine wave. And as you get your heart into this nice rhythm and then you use emotion and you use visualization, it starts to affect the higher centers of your brain, the, the, the parts of your brain that deal with stress, adaptation, uh, higher brain thinking, decision making. And so what happens is because your heart uh, is about 40 times stronger electrically than the brain, the rhythm from your heart can start to entrain, meaning the same, become the same as uh, the rhythm in the, the brain. So the heart takes over the brain rhythm, or it allows, it allows the brain rhythm to entrain to the heart's rhythm. And you can start to affect your decision-making, you know, the way you deal with stress, the way you deal with the, your environment. And so using some of these techniques that I've talked about and using some of your senses, you can get into that state. You know, simple things like walking in nature uh, get your brain into a brainwave which is either alpha or theta, which is a more relaxed state. And that allows your heart to then start to uh, get out of more of a stressful heart rhythm, and there, there you can start to train your brain. So uh, it's about understanding how to do these things so that you can get your heart in a good rhythm, and then entrain the brain, and that is called a coherent or heart-brain coherence. And as you start getting into this heart-brain coherence, you can start to change your physiological state in the moment, uh, and you can start to affect, uh, you know, your entire health. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we are about halfway through the show, um, Mark, so I'm going to take a quick break, um, and then when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit more about... Um, Heart math, and graciously offered to do an example of, of what that would be, so um, we can get that for the listeners. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Everyone, sit down. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, bikeradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, 
Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Good. Thank you for staying with us, everybody. Sorry about that. Uh, today, my special guest again is Dr. Mark Halpern, and we've been talking about Coherence Revolution. Um, his book is Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment. Um, you can find out more about the book as well as his course, um, which is available at www.coherencerevolution.com. Again, coherencerevolution.com. Okay, Mark, and I understand that you have uh, you set up a code for listeners if they would like to get a discount on that. So, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, what I what I did is we've got a bunch of things now. Um, when you go to coherencerevolution.com. Um, I wanted to make it sort of easy, so we've kind of these squares that if you click on the book, uh, you can download the ebook for free. That's uh, my gift to you. Um, I want people to have the material and be able to go through it. And then for those of you who really want to work through the book, there's a workbook uh, ebook combo, uh, and there's a there's a recorded course, there's one-on-one coaching, and there's also some live sessions that we're going to be doing. Uh, originally, we did the course as a live program, and it was a six-week live program. And what we found is that although you could teach the program in six weeks, for people to really dive in and do it at their own pace and and get the most out of it, it might take anywhere from two months to six months. It really depends upon how much effort and time you want to put into it. So I recorded the course. Um, It's now about 20 videos ranging from 10 minutes to 20 minutes. And there's six different sessions, but within each session there's four or five videos. And it teaches, um, it teaches heart math, um, different techniques. There's four, five, six different uh, heart math techniques. And then we go through each of our senses. We go through taste and smell and um, sight and touch and auditory. And so we go through all of our senses and we go through nature. And we talk about how to use each of those to create coherence in your life. And you go through the workbook and go through the videos. And so I wanted to give people an opportunity um, to, to get the course and make it uh, less expensive for people and um, more affordable. So the code is CR30. Uh, and when you go to the website and you want to check out for any of the products, uh, you put in CR30 and it will give you 30% off of, uh, I believe, the recorded course and the workbook ebook combo. Great. Um, I appreciate that. Um, again, everyone, CR30 at your checkout, <laughs> at the checkout on coherencerevolution.com. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, so, um, you know, you mentioned that part of the, the course is those various heart math techniques. So, and you, you kind of talked a little bit about that in the, the beginning of the show. So, um, can you maybe give us an example of what one of sure. those types of techniques would be? So, yeah, let, let's build a little bit of understanding. I, I mentioned the concept heart rate variability. And what that means is, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and you check your own heart rate and you count it out, most people, you know, whether it's 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever your heart rate is, that's an average. But what happens is when you breathe in, your heart rate actually goes up, and when you breathe out, the heart rate goes down. Breathing in 
stimulates your stress response, really. It's the, it's the sympathetic system, which is alertness. And breathing out stimulates the parasympathetic system, which is more rest and digest and, and healing. And so when you breathe in, your heart rate goes up. And when you, when you breathe out, your heart rate goes down. The difference is called your heart rate variability. So let's say I breathe in all the way through my nose, all the way up, and my heart rate goes up to 90. And then I breathe out, and my heart rate goes down to 70. Well, 90 minus 70 is 20. So my heart rate, mm-hmm. my heart rate variability is 20. The greatest, the greater your HRV, the more adaptable you are. And in fact, the longer you live, there's less mortality when you are, um, when you have a greater HRV. You live longer. And so the idea is as we age, our, our heart rate variability can actually get uh, smaller. And so we want to increase our HRV as much as possible. We can train ourselves to do that using HeartMath. And they actually have, um, HeartMath is great because they did research showing all of this, and they also created biofeedback so that you could uh, teach yourself to do it, and then they've got these great techniques. And so one of them is just called heart-focused breathing. And heart-focused breathing is really good because it has you focusing on your heart. Uh, and the more you focus on your heart, not only does it take you out of your brain, but it also literally uh, creates more blood flow through the heart and through that area of the body. So uh, the way I teach it is if you want to do it with me, you can sit, uh, sit in a chair comfortably. I usually put one hand over my belly. And the reason I do that is because I want you to fill up your belly like it's a balloon. Your other hand I usually put on your chest over your heart. And the reason I want you to do that is because, A, that's where I want you to focus. And, B, I don't want that hand to move until maybe the very end where it might go up a little bit. What we're trying to do is get you out of becoming a chest breather, which is what most people do. And chest breathers have an HRV of maybe two to five which is very small. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to do is put perhaps your left hand on your heart and then your right hand down on your belly. And then what I want you to do is take a, a very uh, conscious breath with some intensity to it, not overly intense, but just some purpose to it, through your nose. So it sounds sort of like this. And I want, it to be, I want you to do it for about four to five seconds in. And then as you release, I want you to release through pursed lips and just release for maybe uh, a little bit longer than your in-breath, five or six seconds. So it will look like this. And now if we put it together, this is what it should be. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Now, as you're doing that, you start to get in a rhythm. I want you to visualize, first I want you to visualize this sine wave. In other words, you're going up the mountain, essentially, in your in-breath, over the top, nice and rounded, and then down the other side with your out-breath. And it just repeats itself. So, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And as you get into this nice rhythm, in through the nose, out through the mouth, four seconds in, six seconds out, as you start getting into that rhythm, I want you to start visualizing that the oxygen is being is going in and out through your heart. 
And so you're really breathing in through the heart and out through the heart. And that's called heart-focused breathing. And what that starts to do is brings you almost to a state of neutral. And this into itself can break the stress onto itself, can break its uh, break your stress response and allow you to come back to the moment and start to relax. So, so just do it together. Maybe we'll do three or four breaths. And I want you to have that, uh, your hand on your chest, left hand on your chest, right hand on your belly, and just fill it up with your nose. Out through the mouth. And get into a nice rhythm of that. Just let it all go. Have a bit of intensity. Really fill that belly up like a balloon. And try not to move your chest. And some people will find this really, really challenging because they've never stomach uh, done stomach breathing before. And they're used to basically bringing up their diaphragm. And when you chest breathe, your diaphragm goes up and it compresses your lungs, and that can create a stress response. Whereas when you breathe in through the nose and you fill up your belly, you're letting your diaphragm expand and go down, filling up your lungs, and that will relax you. So again, in through the nose, out through the mouth, pursed lips, and get into a nice sine rhythm, nice rhythm, and as you're doing that, just visualize the oxygen going in and out through your chest. And that's a very basic uh, heart math technique, heart-focused breathing. So you then start to build on that and create other techniques where there's uh, coherent communication. There's techniques called um, uh, quick coherence where you start to use emotion, uh, freeze-frame technique, attitude breathing. You're starting to use that emotion, and that just brings it to a whole other level. You start to be able to practice that. And so in the course, we go through each of these techniques. But the first one that you have to learn is this heart-focused breathing, which allows you to just really get into a nice, relaxed state. And hopefully, those of you doing it right now can just start to feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more centered. You're oxygenating your body, which actually feels nice. And as you get, get into it, at the end of it, you'll see your physiology changes. You don't feel the same type of stress that you did uh, once you started. Uh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's a very easy to understand um, technique. And, and the other one sounds very in, in, intriguing as well. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, um, yeah, you're welcome. People can you know, start using that right away. Um, now, one of the things um, with respect to coherence, um, you talk about um, doing things or being aware of things that deplete you versus things that renew you. So um, I've often, you know, I've, I've, you know, for me, I kind of, there are times that, um, and sometimes with the depletion, I, I don't realize how in a particular activity or an interaction um, is depleting me at the time, you know, but it, it would be like after facts, like, wow, you know, what happened there? Um, so can you talk about, um, you know, those, that type of um, connection, you know, and then how does that feed into coherence? Well, if you think about um, health, most people live their life based upon if I feel good, I'm healthy, and if I don't feel good, I'm not healthy. But Health really has nothing to do with the absence of symptoms. Health is optimal, optimal function. 
And when, you're, when every cell in your body is replicating and functioning perfectly, you are in a state of health. And it's when this cell replication and the way our, our, our cells utilize energy, when that starts to get depleted, when it starts to run down, when we run out of energy, that's when your cells don't function perfectly and they're in a state of what would be called dis-ease. And when, you're in, when your cells are in a state of dis-ease for long enough, that's where you create disease and essentially your body starts eliciting symptoms. So diseases like cancer or heart disease or any number of degenerative conditions start years and decades before you ever are diagnosed with a disease process. And so when we talk about coherence, it's about using your energy efficiently, using your ability to function uh, as efficiently as possible to uh, conserve energy and to be as adaptable and resilient to life. And so when you look at uh, whether it's using heart math or any of your senses, you know, just take auditory, for instance, things that we listen to. There are sounds that we listen to that deplete us, uh, whether it's music or sounds that we don't like, walking down the street and hearing, you know, horns and sirens and things that uh, really uh, deplete you. Or whether it's visual, you're looking at things that make you cringe. And every time that you are depleted in some way, your cells use more energy. And when they use more energy, you're not working as efficiently. And so literally, the, the things we hear, the things we look at, the people we speak to, I mean, we all have people that we surround ourselves with at times that deplete us. We feel exhausted by the end of being with them because of their, their energy or the way we interact with them. Well, every time we let ourselves get depleted, our body is not as efficient, it's not as resilient, and it's not as adaptable. And so our body doesn't function as well. And over time, that leads to this state of disease. And eventually, that will lead to health problems if we don't uh, make sure that we're becoming more resilient and counteracting that. And so becoming coherent, whether it is by listening to music that uplifts you, whether it's by speaking with people that inspire you, whether it's by looking at pictures or memories that will elicit positive emotion, whether it's using heart math techniques, these things keep you more resilient, more adaptive to the world around you. And the more adaptive you are to the world around you, the more healthy you are and the longer the life you live. So literally, you know, people think these thoughts that create stress and those thoughts deplete them. And the more that those thoughts deplete them, uh, they can make themselves sick. And millions of people do that on a daily basis. So when we talk about renewal versus depletion, it's um, designing a life and having a toolbox of things that you know will renew you and keep you uplifted rather than continue to do all the things that are depleting you. And so that's what we go through in Coherence Revolution. We go through each one of our senses, each one of these different topics, so that you can do the, the deep dive. It's different for anybody. You're going to go through and do the, do the work or what I call home play, and you figure out what works for you. And, you know, in our, in our course, I think it was in the fifth session, the fourth session, we, I have a track of, of 30 different songs. And during this half hour of music, I instruct people to finger paint. And the idea is to see how your flow changes based upon the different sounds and, and music that you're listening to. And the idea is just to become aware. You know, what, what depletes me might be mm -hmm. you. But, but it's about understanding that and figuring out what will work for you. Yeah, I, when I'm driving around, I, I hear some music that certainly would deplete me. But I, I can see in other cars that they're just being removed by what they're doing. That's, that's um, right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so now, 
Can you give us um, an example or two of, um, you know, because you've worked with people with, you know, on the issue of coherence for quite some time. So can you give us an example or two of how maybe um, a client or even yourself have used, you know, the the, the process um, in coherence revolution and, and the shift that it's made, kind of what the, the outcome was? Well, the, the, the center of this course, literally the heart of this course, is learning all of the different heart mouth techniques. And what has been uh, so rewarding for me is to see so many people get a handle on how to change their emotions in the moment. Because it's not about never feeling stressed. It's about being able to change your physiological state when you need to, when you want to, when you choose to. And so just it's watching people do this and, and be able to see the light go on where they don't feel stuck anymore, for me, has been the most rewarding thing. You know, we've had women who are in there. 20s and 30s who are just starting their life trying to get um, their process going. And so when they go through each aspect of their life, they start to be able to create their, their world. And so I've had a few women that have told me afterwards um, that now they are able to work towards the career that they wanted to without feeling so much guilt that they're not doing exactly what maybe they were told to do previously. I had one woman who finally got up the nerve to talk to her family because she wanted to design her life the way she wanted it, and that meant she couldn't cook every night because she had other things in her schedule. So after the course, her husband took Tuesday nights, her, her kids took a night of the week, and she only had to cook two or three nights a week, and they were starting to cover some of that ground. I had a guy in his 50s who really took the course because I asked him to, he was a patient of mine, and in the end... He had talks with his wife and his business partner, and he reorganized his business. He now does, has date night with his wife. He has different times with his kids that he never had time for. They have hired staff, and their, their business grew. All of this is not because the coherence revolution solves all these problems. It's because it, it mm -hmm. allows you to dive into each aspect of your life that's important to you and make the changes that are going to allow you to become the best version of yourself. And so it, it really crosses the board. We've had people as young as 20 to 25 take our course. My kids who are teens have, have gone through the process. And we've had women, uh, we had women and men who are in their 60s and 70s doing the course and just getting amazing results in their life because it's so individual. So, um, you know, the main thing that I want people to get out of it is this ability to change their emotional response in the moment so that they can make a change and not be stuck. And then all of the other great changes in their lives, that's the, that is the uh, result of being able to take more control of your life and determine what are the areas that I have to spend more time focusing on to change in a way that's going to make it renewing rather than depleting for my world. Yeah, very much so. So what, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, those, Basically, you know, doing the, the exercises in, in kind of maintaining, retaining control of that emotional state. Um, is there, uh, you know, we talked in the introduction about daily habits. Is there any particular daily habit um, that you would suggest that uh, the listener maybe even start with or, or something that they can do now, you know, and, and maybe get that, that habit? That might be in, uh, a, a step toward coherence. Well, I would I would suggest two or three things. The first thing is, is 
everybody should have something in the morning to start their day that is uplifting, inspiring. I don't care whether it's a smell, you know, some people have citrus or lavender or something beside their bed. Some people have a picture they look at, some people's music that they listen to. Something that starts the day in an uplifting way, rather than just looking right at your stressful emails or, you know, whatever it is. Two, the same thing for the end of the day, that you have something that is a reward at the end of the day for yourself. It might just be 20 minutes of reading. It might be, you know, having a tea with your loved one or going on a walk or, you know, hugging your dog or giving your loved ones a big hug and kiss, whatever it is for you. But throughout the day, I really want to impress what we did today, the heart-focused breathing. That is so key to keeping your physiology away from the stress zone. You know, yesterday was a great example just for me. I went golfing, and I was, uh, I think I had a coffee, and I was feeling some of this agitation, and I had a half-hour drive from the golf course to my house. And as I was driving, I just literally did exactly what I instructed uh, you to do, which was this heart-focused breathing. I couldn't get into a full meditation while I was driving, but I certainly mm-hmm. could regulate my breathing in for four, out for six, in through the nose, out through the mouth, fill the belly up. And I did that for the entire half hour while listening to music. And I was so oxygenated by the time I got home, the anxiety was gone, and I felt alive. And so you could be doing that technique literally all day, anywhere, at any time. No one knows you're even doing it, uh, especially, you know, if you don't, um, you can kind of dumb it down a bit. You don't have to make it as intense. <laughs> you can sort of just get into the rhythm of it without, you know, really go, going for it. You don't want to hyperventilate. But you can do it anywhere yeah. at any time, on, on the bus, in the car, wherever. And you will see as you get into that rhythm, you're going you're gonna to catch yourself chest breathing. You're going to catch yourself doing these shallow breaths. And then you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to get into that tummy breathing. And you're going to start changing your physiology. So uh, that would be the best thing you could start doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm um, one of those chest breathers, you know. Even now, I would know, you know, that it's... Um, you know that the, the more um, of a stomach breathing would be better, but um, but it is that habit. It is a habit, you know, and uh, that's right. You know that would be definitely one one to change. So, um, do you have anything up and coming for Coherence Revolution? Um, what, you know, you've you've got a, a, a looks like a wonderful there that you work with through your website. Yeah, we it's. Um the course revolution, we're always sort of changing and adapting, and that's why we did the recorded course. And so we're now sort of launching the recorded course and, and offering that to people. Uh, come probably the new year, we're going to start doing some more live sessions again. Uh, and this time, instead of doing all the learning on it, it'll be really more practical, uh, doing more breakout rooms and having people practice their emotional states and having a little bit of fun with it. So we're going to do that as an add-on to the recorded course. Uh, and as I said before, we're also offering some one-on-one coaching because people, uh, some people want to read the book and then do it on their own, and other people really like to um, do some coaching and have uh, someone guide them through. So uh, we're offering the one-on-one coaching as well. So lots, lots to look forward to, and um, we're really just happy to be helping so many people uh, change their lives. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good, very good thing, you know, and... Um uh, you know, I think you know it has a uh, a great ripple effect. You know, once one individual um, learns the the tools and uses them, and you know, it's, 
not only influences their life to the positive, but also all of the other people that they, they touch um, as well. That's you know, right. Their, so, yeah. Well, Mark, I want to thank you very much for your time today. This has really been a treat, and it, you know, I've learned even more from, from when we spoke about months ago. Um, but also it's very, I think, important to, to have that reminder, that booster, um, so to speak, of, um, you know, the, the control that we have over our life. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, and I I do want uh, everybody to have the opportunity, so please, if you need to reach out, when you go to the website, coherencerevolution.com, you can get in touch with me there if you want to send an email, you have any questions, that's great. Uh, You can use the code CR30, that will get you a 30% discount off the course. Uh, So dive into it and reach out for any questions, we're here to support you in any way we can, and uh, just look forward to helping people uh, find their true selves and, and reach a coherent state. Thank you. Okay, well, Mark, I I look forward to our next conversation. I'm sure we will probably after the first of the year. But um, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Mark Halpern. We've been talking about Coherence Revolution, um, his book and course, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment. Again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is www.coherencerevolution.com. And as he mentioned, um, as a checkout, you can use the code CR30 for a 30% discount. Sounds like a good deal. So, everyone, I really want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.